Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It, he might not be the burner though. He might just be like the Julian Edelman type. He might be your Wes Welker. <laughs> like, He's going to cut it there. I'm cutting it there. Touchlines and touchdowns, the world's <laughs> only and therefore greatest football, football mashup podcast. My name is Greg, a.k.a. The Stump. I am joined by the permanent host, Mr. Twiggy, a.k.a. Asa, and we also have a guest this week. Uh, you got almost that intro right. I'm pretty proud of you. You got like 80% of the words correct. And I don't pay attention to it all when you speak. <laughs> so, uh, once again... Uh, we are here uh, with uh, our good friend uh, Adam, who you can find uh, on Twitter. We'll, we'll intro that. But first, we have to give a shout out to the people who pay us in breakfast tacos, which would be the Smith Workforce Management Group. For all of your business law, NIL, employment law, HR needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. And dear listeners who have been with us for a while, we might have a new sponsor who pays us to talk instead of just tells us to shut up and runs their ad. Uh, working on it because in addition to being your dear host, I am also in charge of business development. So get excited. Anyways. And now you know why we have no income. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so let's get right into it. Adam, welcome to the, uh, to the show. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Really uh, appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we, uh, we're going to start, obviously, with the uh, football aspect, as we always do. Um, so, you know, with, in, in most countries, um, the question, how did you become a fan of soccer or football, is sort of like a dumb question. But here in America, it's not. 
So, uh, so like, what's your, what's your history with the, uh, with the game? Yeah. Played pretty much my whole life. I was a, a keeper growing up and, uh, yeah, you know, did the whole American soccer thing, you know, travel soccer and club soccer and high school soccer and played basketball as well. And so ended up kind of going on to play college basketball and gave it up at that point. But yeah. And it's funny, like I never really watched a ton. MLS came around and, and, you know, I was living in Jersey at the time. And so I went to some Metro star games, which was a blast back in the days when they had the, you know, shootouts on every tie and, you know, going from midfield, kind of like the breakaway shootout style, which was. They need to bring it back. Bring it back. It was so good, man. As a kid growing up in, uh, in Jersey with no exposure to European soccer, really in, in, in that era. I thought that was no- the norm. I was like, oh, cool. that's what we do for shootouts, right? And like, you know, you're like, you're um, like, oh, that's not that's not a PK. Okay, I got it. Yeah, cool. It is, um, it is yeah. absolutely the opinion of the podcast that the old school MLS um, hockey, I, like that's all you can call it, hockey style oh. shootouts are so much better because every now and then you would get a goalie who was like, no, 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 I can out sprint you to 25, <laughs> to 25 yards and you're not going to chip me. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so that's it man I, you know I went to I remember going to um gosh I think it was at Giant Stadium 94 World Cup we got taken by um you know some people I was living in uh, Yonkers at the time and got taken to the 94 World Cup but you know really the big one was 02 World Cup for me it was my senior year in high school 3 a.m Portugal game <laughs> off the world that was like where my like real fandom began where it was like okay I'm all in I'm gonna track the players I'm gonna know what this is. And, and so, yeah, I've been pretty all in since then with USMNT, especially. Uh, so that, I mean, that's, that's as good an answer as any, like I played soccer is like not usually the answer here, but uh, <laughs> great. Also being a keeper, um, that takes guts. Good for you. I've, like, I've, I've, I've played Sunday league soccer keeper and it's not fun. So are keepers uh, in football, the same as like catchers and hockey goalies where you guys are all the head cases. I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it's, um, it's like kicker, you know, it's like you're, you're, you are a separate thing, right? It's like everybody's playing this sport and then you're doing this totally other thing. That's like kind of a part of it. Right. But like, and sometimes really integral, right? Like a kicker in football can be the most integral guy in a game with three seconds left. Right. Or a hockey goalie. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, but for sure, it's like, you're, you're back in your, back in your goal and inside your 18 and you're yelling to everybody around you. And, um, yeah, I, I was like a communicator and talker. And so that's kind of, you know, I was like, I'm six, four, six, five, so I had some length, not overly athletic, but I, you know, like talking to people and say, Hey, shift left, shift, right. So that's what I did a lot. You say catchers are pretty integral too. In theory, they should be receiving the ball pretty much every play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so just a, a bit of background on Stumpy. I don't know that we've ever mentioned this, but Stumpy played catcher in, in high school. And so really too. So I am a head case. <laughs> it definitely explains a lot listening to the pod for sure. Yeah. That's, that's sort of on brand for us. Um, so, so, okay. So, so as a, uh, as, as a, so your game, your, your game was the Portugal game. Like that was your like, all right, here we are. That was um, it. That, that, that was the moment where I was like, okay, you know, I, I had, you know, 15 guys over my house at 3am and somehow we were just all really into that world cup, you know, good kind of like now where like we had, remember like reading an ESPN, the magazine about how young our team was Landon Donovan Beasley, all these guys coming up. 
And we were all pumped about it. Like, we were like, oh, I think we can win the World Cup. And, like, obviously we couldn't win the World <laughs> Cup, but, like, an 18 with no knowledge of international soccer. But, yeah, that was it, man. And, and that whole – we were all, like, you know, every one of those games was middle of the night. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. And we still should have gotten Germany, man. We should – that was a – you know, um, I won't relive it, but it was, I, it was a harsh one. I, I, feel like, I feel like reliving miserable – miserable international soccer experiences is sort of like what binds us as U.S. men's national team fans because everybody has their moment right like everybody has the moment where they like got super into it and they were like we're gonna do it and then we didn't do it no we can't that's stolen valor from England we can't do that we've already taken our freedom from them we can't take their soccer misery as well so their soccer misery is the misery of a uh wait 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 at me touchline media (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come on at me um, so uh you can add us at mr mojo rising 89 uh hit me up come on <laughs> so um so like the the english misery is like we're right there and we can't get over the hump so we'll we'll call that like a buffalo bills misery how about georgia speaking of to preview the back the back half of this pod it's basically like being an UGA fan. Yeah, Georgia, except for 1980 instead of 1966, or 1966 instead of 1980. Um, yeah, we're not Georgia as U.S. men's national team fans. We're uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah, UConn football. I'm not sure what we are. Bad. <laughs> Either you are perfect, making perfect energy, or you listen to. Well, far too often. If UConn football is the first place you go to, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, what? I guess we're not in the current UConn football era currently, but there have been some highs in there. You know, there's some, some some highs and some lows, and a lot of mediocrity. Uh, we're Rutgers. When we were in the Big East, we we could hang and we could occasionally win games, and uh, when we're not, we can't. So great. Um, so obviously, uh, beyond the, the historical fun that is being a U.S. men's national team fan, uh, we've got some current U.S. men's national team fun. Um, so this weekend, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but we have a rivalry game against Mexico in Ohio. Uh, and as everybody knows, um, home teams in Ohio in rivalry games don't lose. Uh, this is well established by college football. And therefore, uh, I feel very good about our chances Friday night. Um, so what, what are your going into this game? Like, where, where are you at? Because I feel like on, on Twitter, um, people are about at the point. And we're, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, Michigan State just lost in the Champions Classic uh, in basketball. But um, so I feel like we're getting to that point on Twitter where people are starting to lose their minds. Uh, so where are you at with, the, with this weekend? Yeah, it's, I feel like any like big, it's like, you know, two weeks into a Super Bowl, right? And if you're like, if your team's in the Super Bowl with two weeks, it's just like too much time, right? It's like, I've got, there's just, everybody has like way too much time. It's like every day I go on Twitter and there's like some new crazy thing that's going around. And like, it's just, it's a wild, it's a wild experience. But where am I at? I, I think that. I feel good about the game. You know, I feel like we, we match up well against them. If we can put the right kind of, you know, roster or lineup with, with the right kind of setup out there, it should be a really interesting game. I just think they're like their back line 
and their midfield, other than I think Edson, who's who's a monster. But other than that, they're just really exposable, like across their midfield and back line. So like if we can create chances, right? I think if we do what we did in the Gold Cup and Nations League game, which is like, you know, we didn't possess a ton, but we pressed them enough and caused them havoc and turnovers. And we didn't have Tyler Adams, right? We were able to do some of that stuff. I think if we can do that again, we're going to get chances against them because I think our if we put out the MMA midfield, I think we have a significant athletic advantage in the midfield on the whole. And I think that's something that, you know, how often have we been able to say we could dominate, you know, Mexico in the midfield of a game? You know, I, I don't feel like uh, I've ever said that in my entire life. <laughs> never. Never, never is the answer. Although I do, I, I do need to, to call attention to something you just said. I want to bring it up. You said it's like when your team is in the Super Bowl. Uh, Stumpy and I are Lions fans. We don't know what that is. I'm a we- Dolphins fan, man. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> None of the three of us have ever experienced anything close to that. So, um, so no, 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 I'm not old enough to have been alive for the Shula era back in the early seventies. So. I was, I was going to say, how do you feel about Bob Greasy? Um, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, I, pop champagne, I pop champagne the same night he does every year. Somebody. <laughs> um so yeah so I I think that you're right that the there's there's a way to do this and I I think a lot of the sort of anxiety on on Twitter comes from the fact that people really really want us to be France um and like possess the ball a ton and also create chances and also look good while doing it um but I think what you're talking about is where it's like eh, we can out athletic them and, you know, we're like the game was was never like we need to be technically better than Mexico. It's we need to be athletically better than Mexico and not so technically deficient that we're dead. Um, yeah, and I th- well, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned France, like France won a World Cup without playing like pep, they weren't playing pep ball. Like no. if you watch France in that World Cup, like they weren't they won possession in, in a few games, but they also lost possession, I think, in a couple key games. And they just like did what they did. They played really solid defense and they hit you on counters, right? And they hit you on, they, they counter pressed you. They, you know, they turned you over and, and, and countered against you. And like, I just don't see why that people are, are so obsessed with us playing some version of the beautiful game when like, I don't know if that's ever going to fit even with more technical players, which we definitely have. And I'm not saying we can never possess or never try and pass through a team, but like, that doesn't have to be like what we do. And that doesn't have to define our success. You know, I also, on the other end, I don't want us to bunker, you know, I don't want us to literally sit back bunker the whole game, absorb and, you know, put 10 guys in our own box and, you know, you know, head crosses out the whole game. So there's gotta be a middle ground. Right. And I think that Stumpy, you're, you're muted. Uh <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about France. You're talking about like two elite midfielders. And then, but a lot of the time their offense in those matches were, listen, we have a 20 year old that can outrun all of your guys. We're just going to put the ball over and hope he beats your, your guy to the ball, which coincidentally we have an 18 year old <laughs> able to outrun most of our competition. Maybe we just try some through balls and see what happens. And I think, I think that like, like what you're talking about, like the, the middle ground between possessing the ball and passing through and bunkering and absorbing and countering, it's obvious. It's clot ball, which is counter press to hell. Like you don't need the ball. You just need, when they have the ball, it needs to be in their end and they'll, they'll mess up. Uh, and then things happen. So the, like the play that I like to think about, like the way that you win these games without necessarily out, 
possessing or out beautiful gaming Mexico is uh, the the legit turnover that that led to the Ariola post hit in the in the Gold Cup final. Yeah. Um, like regardless of the finishing, like that's the game plan. Like they screw up in their back half and we capitalize and that's that. And if they want to play a game um, that's perfect, they'll win. I, like, I don't care what our, our standard is. If they play a perfect game, they'll win. Um, if they make mistakes and we are in a position to capitalize on them, that's the way. And I think that that's the way that America should always play. You know, look, look, against the minnows, against the... the Panama? I'm, I was going to say the country <laughs> shall not be named and Tobago. But... Yeah, um, very well. Yeah. But, like, against, against the teams that we are more or less the same standard as, and I, I like, look, Jamaica is more or less as good as America. Are we talented, you know, three through 11? Are we more talented three through 11? Yes, significantly so, but their top two are better than our top two. So, um, and I believe that I think Antonio and Bailey are better than any two players that we have um, healthy or otherwise. Um, So I think, I think that the game is like, look, like you can just press people to hell. And if they want to send it deep, fine, send it right back. They'll screw up in their back end before we do, because generally speaking, we're, we're solid back there and we have Matt Turner to stop mistakes, Um, which I think is a useful thing that people don't often talk about. Um, But yeah, so I, I I think that the, the way to do this is, is utilize, utilize what we're good at and what we're good at is being fast and trying hard. So do it. Um, And that's, that's, I think, you know, people love talking about how, about Paul Ariola. like he's like the lightning rod when we, when we're not talking about Sebastian Legette, um, who gets talked about way too much for a backup midfielder, but whatever. Um, Nominal backup. That's kind of the issue. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It's good. It's good. He started so much. If he was actually just like a straight backup, I don't think he gets quite as much uh, love or hate or whatever, whatever we want to call it. I, but it's he just he was just starting for so long and people were just so mad about it and he kept scoring so it was like yeah there was a certain like element of trolling to his scoring ability because it was always like on like late box runs where like yeah, yeah. The, the work had already been done his job was to finish and he did but um our friends over at scuffed have have put forth the the theory that i buy which is finishing is not actually a skill because everybody's XG is more or less what their goals is outside of Messi and Ronaldo and Zlatan and uh, weirdly this year, Ricardo Pepe, but I doubt that that will continue. <laughs> and Hyungmin's son last year was insanely above his XG, but yeah, it's, it's like anomalies, right? Like there's one year anomalies, but you're, I, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to hit on this because I think it's like really important because there is a balance, right? I think, Everything, especially on Twitter, right? If you're on soccer Twitter, for sure. But Twitter in general, it's, just, it's like polar, right? It's like, oh, you don't think we should always possess and play pep style? So you want us to play like we played no two? Like, no, like that, that's not, <laughs> there's like, there's some version of uh, a modernized version of that, right? Like, yes, I do want us to have the ability to string four passes together to go from the back line into the midfield and spring an attack. I do want that. We have to have that. I think when we don't have the ability to do that, we saw that in Panama, right? Like we had a bunch of guys who were hustling and trying hard, but they weren't skilled enough to string four passes together to like, so there's a balance. You have to have that, but then you also have to play to your strengths. And when you look at like the MMA midfield, plus like Weya, Reyna, 
even even you know Pulisic, um, Sergeant Pepe, whoever we're playing up top, those guys are just good, like get after people, right? Are they like if I had to like grade one to ten technical that group? It's like a six or seven, right? On the world stage, it's 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 okay. Yeah, it's but fine. like in terms of like hey, counter pressing, pressing the ability to do that stuff and the athletic ability, it's pretty good. Like eight or nine, I would say compared to a lot of teams. And so why not play to that? You know? Yeah, it's don't play with your hands behind your back because somebody wants to aesthetically look a certain way. Um, so I I think that 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 that's that's obviously like the way to go here is is playing that style um and you're right that like you you do need like the base technical ability to do it um but i think i think going forward like the way that we create chances and and this is gonna like touch a little bit on basketball because despite this podcast being about football and football we rarely get through an episode without talking about another sport whether it's baseball or basketball or whatever tennis once which was weird uh (laughs) Because I don't know anything about tennis. Anyways. Had an um, extended diatribe on uh, Bob Probar, too. That's true. There was significant, <laughs> significant discussion of Bob Probert. Um, but in basketball, like, like there are, there are high-level college coaches who cannot figure out a set offense. Like, John Calipari, who's, who's, or Tom Izzo, for that matter, two of the greatest college coaches, neither of them have an interesting half-court offense and have never had it. Like Tom Izzo to this day is like, well, how are we going to score? I don't know. We'll get out and run, figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> well, as a lifelong Kentucky fan, I can tell you all the things I love about Cal um, are like overshadowed most games by my frustration watching his teams play offense. <laughs> and like, yeah. which plays out, right? Like all those guys <laughs> go to the NBA and you're like, wow, like Devin Booker's really good. And like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, wow, Carl Anthony Towns can shoot threes and he's like a good perimeter player. He just like set in the post the entire year, like over. Bam Adebayo was like terrible at Kentucky. You know, like really all these guys. And it's because, yeah, Cal's not a great offensive coach. No. For sure. No. Uh, and neither is Greg Berhalter, which like brings us back to the point that this, this podcast uh, believes very deeply, which is that we need an offensive coordinator. Um, we have submitted Lane Kiffin uh as our as our preferred offensive coordinator because we figure he can figure it out like I think if you gave Lane Kiffin four months and you said hey on the other sideline is Nick Saban you need to figure out how soccer offense works and how to break people down quickly and I'm I'm convinced that Lane Kiffin would get that like get that within three months and one month of um Drinking at college bars because that's what he. Yeah, no, it would just it would just. Oh so wait, if we could score goals that annoys Nick Saban, yeah, no, we're going to score fifty a game. <laughs> oh, no, very Ted Lasso to me right now. <laughs> like <laughs> running set pieces from midfield with like offensive lines and wide receivers. Yeah, I'm good. Hey, I'm good. You know Klopp hired a uh, what do you call it? A throw-in coach and a something else coach. A set piece coach. Set piece coach. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, and you know what else is a thing? This word from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. Uh, I hope that uh, an ad got in there. Uh, I'm not really great at editing. <laughs> Professional podcast. Anyways, uh, so so specifically, there, there, there were a couple of things that, that have come up um, on Twitter that, that uh, you know, really were dividing people. And I got yelled at today because I said that DeAndre Yedlin wouldn't make me crazy if he started it right back. Um, I didn't say that I wanted him to start it right back. I said that I wouldn't hate if he did. Uh, and then I got called, uh, I said that I didn't know what I was talking about and tactics matter. And he, if we start DeAndre Yedlin against Mexico, we have no chance. When I responded that uh, DeAndre Yedlin has pretty recently started against Mexico in a win, uh, yeah. the subject was changed. Uh, so thank you, Twitter, for reminding me that I hate desperately everything about Twitter. But <laughs> in light of that, uh, outside of the sort of the, the consensus 11 that everybody talks about, um, that's mostly European-based outside of Pepe, um, who, who are you looking at as, your, as, your, as the, the team that you would want to start? I know you said the MMA midfield, but beyond that, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, I I'm also with you on that. I I think the pro- my problem with with Scally is it's at this point it's a gamble, you know. Like I and a lot of people will definitely be in the mentions on that. Oh, it's a gamble. How is it a gamble? He's and I yeah. agree. I, I was on I was on Sam's channel talking about this last week, where like I said I love Scally. I I personally would just start Scally. I think if given the decision. He showed me enough in the Bundesliga that I'm like, okay, I think I know that that guy will be ready for the moment. But there's totally legit reasoning as a coach at this point to go, he's 18. This is like the biggest game we could possibly throw him into, right? Like, this is bigger than his club game. This is for his country. It's his first time even being called in with his country. There's so many reasons to not play him. So I'm with you. It's 50-50. If I saw Yedlin, I'd be like, okay, I get it. What I don't, like, understand is I just – and I didn't understand the logic a month ago. I don't get why we didn't bring him in a month ago and just get the guy integrated. Like, so – and that's been going around Twitter, too. I said that a month ago. I was like, what was the – what's the downside? Just, like, bring him in like you're bringing Aaron Long in right now to, like, I don't know, watch with a mask on or whatever Aaron Long's doing. Can we talk about – hold on. Can we talk – like, I know that we're we're previewing a game. Can we talk about the vitriol that happened with an injured guy hanging out in Ohio? (laughs) So mad. Like, I don't even get involved in that stuff. I just can't. Cause it's like, <laughs> people are so irrational about that kind of thing. And it's like, like I saw long, 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 long. And I'm like, okay, I get your point. But at the end of the day, he's literally just coming in. He's been hurt. He, you know, he probably just wants to come in and like feel good about life for like a week. And like, it's some of his boys, like who cares? Maybe they love him. Maybe he's going to just be like a great locker room presence. Cause he's just a good dude. Like, and just because we don't like him replacing him, it's like, what is going on? Conspiracy. <laughs> see, see, some is in the pocket. <laughs> well, it's actually that uh, he's just following Wes around and making sure that Wes goes back to his hotel room. Every That's a great yeah. plan, actually. That's he's, a great plan. He's the get back coach, but just get back to your room. That's <laughs> that's that's the job of that's the job of walk-ons in a lot of D1 basketball football programs, right? Like your job is as a walk-on is to just like shadow that guy, call us if he's getting into it. So maybe that's what Aaron Long is doing. Maybe he's just shadowing Wes and he's going to call Greg if he like steps out of his room to go to a club at night. And everybody knows that. About, when Matt Corral goes to the bar, there's like six different walk-on kickers that he <laughs> dial Lane Kiffin. And the irony, of course, is that Lane Kiffin is also there. Yeah, yeah, it's also there. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, like I, I love the idea of Aaron Long just being designated veteran. And it's like, he's, he's just there to, uh, to inform everybody that, Hey, uh, Wes is going to the club in Cincinnati, Ohio, which I can't imagine is a fun time unless, um, some people are there anyways. Um, let's, let's move on from that. Uh, so, so, oh, so yeah. Oh, wait, backline. I never finished my backline. I would start, uh, yeah, I would start Scally, uh, Robinson, Richards and, uh, and Robinson. I, I, I think that that blends together guys who, you know, I think you have two guys in Scally and Richards who can play with the ball at their feet a little bit better. I think Miles and Robinson are getting better at that. They're totally okay at it. Um, but I think what they do in terms of defending and the athleticisms of, of Robinson getting up and down the field on the outside. So, I mean, that's, I like that blend a lot. I think Scally, it's a chance. It's like high risk, high reward, but like, I'm going into this game, like I'm going to, I'm going to put my chips in. I'm not going to like play it safe. And like what Yellen showed me in the last few windows is like, he can be beat. So like, what's the debt for me? What's the downside of Sally? Well, Scally, okay. He might get beat, but like Yedlin might get beat. Right. And so, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's not an easy decision at this point because Scally is, has two training sessions with the team. Like <laughs> he's going to have two training sessions and then it's like, okay, go ahead. My guy, you haven't played with any of these dudes ever. Like have fun. Um, Good luck. So, so what I was thinking was that, um, and I don't know that Greg has the has the the wherewithal to do this, but the way that I would start Scally is I would start Scally as a um, as a bullpen opener. We're now on Sport Four, um, and and say, look, like you get the first thirty. If you're good, we'll let you go to forty five. If you're good, we'll let you go to sixty. You're coming out at sixty regardless. Um, and at thirty, like if if you can't do it, then we're just giving you the first thirty, not the last thirty. Um, and if you can do more, great. If not, Yedlin's coming in at 30. And, and if I were Greg, I would preview that. I would tell the press that that is my plan. So um, the Tampa Rays have now ruined two separate sports. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just think, like, that's the way you protect the kid. Is you say, like, look, like, you're not, we're not going to leave you out there to dry. We are not, and, and we're not going to let you, like, we're not going to let you flounder. You've got 30 minutes. If you can hang, you can, you can go the rest. And if you can't, you can't, you're not going more than 60 because we don't like you, you're new here. And if you're, if you're tired, you're thinking, and if you're thinking you're dead. Um, so, so I, th- I think that that, that backline is good. I love, I mean, I think Jedi is, is an in-pen starter at this point. Uh, I think that he, he sure. can, I would prefer he not come off the field given the fact that, that Dest isn't here. Um, and I think that there has to be some creativity from the fullbacks. And again, Scally might be able to provide that, but maybe he, you know, moments too big for him, you know, can't, can't hang that whole thing. Um, yeah, Jedi is like, I've been calling him like 180 guys for this window. He's a 180 guy. Like yeah. he's playing 180. I'm locking it in. I'm not taking him off the field unless we're up 4-0 against Jamaica. And I, you know, I want to get him a break or something like that, but he, he's playing 180. Yeah. Him, Tyler, probably miles probably aronson honestly um although no you could you could pull aronson if 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 christian can actually go yeah i i, I think i think at, at, for me it's miles uh adams um who else uh robinson and then i think like i think you can sub mckinney but i think if the game is really tight with mexico he's playing the whole time yeah, if he's not. Tight, if the game's tight in Jamaica, he's playing the whole time. So he's kind of a 180 guy for me if the games are tight. Because obviously if the games aren't tight, nobody has to be a 180 guy. Somebody can get subbed. But if games are tight, 
I don't want McKinney off the field. I want him on. And to me, that's it, right? I could see anybody in the front line I could see getting shifted in sub four. Sure. Um, and and even like Richards, I could see them going a different way in game two. But uh, you listen, if Richards performs the way I think he can, he could very quickly become that. I think he very quickly become a 180 guy. But I'm not going into the window knowing that yet. I actually, I I doubt that Richards starts against Mexico. I think that, so I think I think I think Zimmerman is going to start there because I think that he's I think he's probably the best in the air, and I think that there's going to be a lot of crosses and a lot of counters here, or a lot of crosses and a lot of corners. Um, and I think Zimmerman has has that ability to do it, and he's not so terrible with his feet that he that he handicaps you. Um, but but certainly I would prefer Richards as well. I think Richards can do it. I just don't know that he can. Whereas I know what I'm getting from Zimmerman, more or less. Um, yeah, I feel, pretty, I feel pretty good about Richards. I I felt pretty good about Miles, too, when people didn't feel good about him in the summer. I was like, I like Miles Robinson. He's like a tough dude. I felt like he was like a better long. I like said that a while back when Long was healthy. I was like, I think Miles might just be a better long. And I felt like that was played out this summer. Yeah, uh, our, our uh, erstwhile co-host, uh, Ben, who you can find on at halfspaces.com. Uh, he, he's been, been sort of on that better, like long, but better. Um, <laughs> since, <laughs> nice. Uh, since, since the summer as well. And he was talking, the way he put it is that he's just like an eraser. Like he just fixes problems. Sometimes he creates those problems um, <laughs> like against Costa Rica, but he <laughs> fixes problems back there. And that's, that's just like a way that you can, something that you can rely on. I don't want him coming off the field if we, if, if we don't have to. Um, so up, up front against Mexico, the, you know, the sort of the uh, Twitter consensus, which I think everybody's about to get real, real upset when somebody starts at right wing, but the Twitter consensus is Aronson, Pepe, Wea. Um, and I, th- I, I mean, I, I, I would be surprised if that's not your, your up front as well. Uh, I, I, I think in the same way, I think Zimmerman's starting in the back. I think Ariel is starting on the right wing. I, I think yep. that's what will happen. Um, that's, <laughs> and it's, it will cause an uproar. I will not uproar about it. It is what like, and I going into last window, I didn't under fully understand that. Right. Cause Gio just had yep. that spot pretty locked up. And so I was like, Oh, I wonder what he's going to do here. And it was like, Ariola, Ariola, Ariola. I was like, you really like Ariola, dude. All right. <laughs> like you are, you are going with it. And it's so hard for me to believe that after seeing that last window, that in one month, his mind has changed on that. Even with way performing against Costa Rica, I still just think Greg, the verticality, the pressing, <laughs> the whole thing. He just loves Paul Ariola, man. And it's like, I don't love Paul Ariola very much. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> like that's not my guy. Uh, and, we, like, uh, we like Paul Ariola as a friend. Yeah, I like- do. I love him as a friend, man. I love watching him play at DC United. I, I do. Like anytime you know, I flip on an MLS game, DC. I'm like, oh, this guy just—he's your basketball. He's your hustle guy in basketball, right? He's Pat Beverly. He's the dude who like doesn't score. Bruce Bowen doesn't score many points, puts everything in on defense. He's on the floor for loose balls. He's, you know, that's him. And but that like, guy doesn't go to the NF or to the NBA because his name is Aaron Kraft. And yeah, try hard. That's exactly who I thought of. Also, Pat Beverly, if you hear this, we, that, we didn't mean it. We didn't. We love you, <laughs> Pat Beverly. We, we, we really love our knees more than that. Well, uh, the, the problem in soccer, basketball, right, is like, 
you can say one guy out of five, we're okay. Well, you don't need to be a great offensive player. We have three, but like soccer, it's like, you're a right wing. <laughs> like you're playing right wing. Fundamentally, we need you to be a part of the attack and to be, to help us build towards scoring goals. It's really hard to just take that position. And I don't want to like, listen, Paul Ariola does some things that can help score goals. He just doesn't do them. I don't know a quarter as well as Tim Weah does, you know, it's like for me, Tim Weah is like, Oh, he's 80% as good as Ariola is pressing and trying hard at soccer. Right. 80%. Like he's not sure. quite as good. Ariola is really good at that stuff, but he's 250% better than him as a <laughs> soccer player. So it's like the trade-off just makes no sense to me. Do you know what it, it reminds me of? It's um, and, and this actually is a good segue because I'm a professional podcaster. Um, it reminds me of a wide receiver who is really, really good at blocking on the perimeter. Um, but can't catch. And it's like, yeah, if you don't have any better options behind that, that's useful and you can make it work and you can scheme around things so that blah, blah, blah. But if you have a wide receiver who can't catch, there is a ceiling on your offense. Um, that's right. And, and so that, that's sort of a problem sometimes. Um, and so I, I guess that that's, that's as good a time as any, Oh, well, let's, let's finish up. So what's your prediction? Obviously this, this will be uh, released Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um, so your prediction for the game, then Stumpy, and then, then I'll give mine. Uh, my like USMNT homerism says two one, we win. It's exciting. We're all pumped like we were this summer. But my uh, totally unbiased ad, I'll put it on real quick. Like, we don't have a healthy Geo or Pulisic. And I get that Aronson and Way are good. I just think those two guys are really good, and it's tough to be missing them. And then you take in, like, Brooks is a guy that I thought, if we're playing Mexico, Brooks is dialed in, and we don't have him in form. We don't have him in camp. Like, we're missing a lot. On the other hand, our midfield is way better than it was this summer. But – Mexico's good, man. They're really good. And I think a lot of U.S. fans on Twitter that I see very much underestimate Mexico. Like, this is Mexico's time, in my opinion. They have, like, they're, they're old, but, like, they're that perfect mix of, like, 26 to 33 in all of the right spots. They're, like, experienced. Do you know how many games those guys have played together in their positions? Like, and people just don't value what that means. You know, they don't value what, like, playing together for cycles and cycle two cycles together game after game, year after year. Some of these guys have 50 caps together next to each other, you know, uh, in the midfield or up, up front. And so, you know, the re- my realistic take is, is probably more like 2-1 Mexico. But um, I'm going to hope we can claw it out. All right. So I'm, I'm going to take the, the average of that and say one and a half to one and a half tie because that's how soccer works. Like uh, <laughs> Stumpy, what are you thinking? Dos e uno for the U.S., all right. I think home dog takes it. Uh, so I actually think that it's going to be um, one nil, one one nil for 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 the good guys. Um, I think that this game is going to be a slog. I think that this that like every part of this is going to not be fun. And I think that like uh, and 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 this is part of my my Premier League uh, fandom coming through. Um, Spurs Spurs new coach who we love Antonio Conte talks about like the key and, and the benefit of soccer is you have to suffer and you have to enjoy the suffering. And I think like, that's what this game is going to be. It's not going to be fun. It is going to be an 11 AM central Iowa versus Wisconsin football team game where it's like, nobody's having fun. It's somehow cloudy at night. Uh, it's like 43 degrees. 
just misery all around. And I think that we, we, we gutted out with like a early first half set piece goal. And then we're just like, all right, let's play defense. Let's do it. And it's not going to be fun. And we're always going to feel like that goal's coming and it won't come. So that's, that's my um, opinion about that. Speaking of miserable games, uh, let's talk, shut up, Stumpy. Uh, this is a, this, uh, this is an audio podcast and therefore everybody can see that he was, he was shaking his head at me. Um, so, so, so now is as good a time as any to, to shift over to the pointy version of football. Um, so, uh, so who do you, who's, who's your, your team in college? And, and if you have one in pros, who are, who, who's your team there? Yeah. Chomp, chomp, Florida Gators in college. And, uh, yeah, down the, down the highway from the Miami Dolphins and uh, in in the NFL, and I've never lived in Florida, so yeah. So uh, a a big fan of uh, the color teal. Total total sixth grade. Let's choose the best team in the country. I love Jacques Green and Danny Warfel and Steve Spurrier, and they're scoring fifty points a game. That's fun. And then just stuck with it. You know, I was like, you know what, I'm sticking with this thing, and uh, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Wait, no, best team in the country. How in that? You're not old enough to pick the Dolphins. <laughs> Dolphins, like, was a, you know, earlier in my childhood, you know, more like late 80s, early 90s. Uh, dad was a big Marino guy. So, yeah, I just loved Dan Marino. And then uh, I have an early memory, maybe like eight, 1993 AFC Championship game. One of my, like, formative football memories was watching the Dolphins lose that game. Um, I just- I have so many questions because so you're you're a Marino, your dad's a Marino guy, but you're not a Pitt guy. You're a Florida guy. <laughs> Dolphins guy, not a Hurricanes guy. So, so I don't think you were. Yeah, I was, I was telling Asia before. I'm from so I'm from Kentucky, and so here's the crazy thing about people in Kentucky: right, Bengals fans. <laughs> no, no, you have to be a Kentucky basketball fan, right? Like that's like. Unless you're like a weirdo Louisville Cardinal fan in Louisville, like that's just weird. Let's, but like, let's you, Rick Kyle Miller shout out. Sorry, <laughs> you have to be a Kentucky fan. Other than that, it's like so weird. It's like Cardinals baseball, Reds. You know, pick a baseball team because there's nothing in the state. There's no pro sports teams in the state, right? So like, some people gravitate to the nearby states, right? Like the teams. I I do need to say that there is one pro sports team in the state of Kentucky. Arena football. Uh, uh, Kentucky basketball. Every one of those guys is paid <laughs> to play sports. I promise you. Yeah, yes. my friend, my friend from Memphis, he's got the same kind of thing. He just like gravitated to what his grandpa really liked, uh, and he's not even a Grizzlies fan because he became a Mavericks fan before the Grizzlies got there. And, I, and I'm, you know, I'm Boston Celtics NBA confusing, what right? The hell? <laughs> and, then I, and then I and then I moved to Yonkers when I was in second grade. And I, you know, told everybody I was a Cardinals fan and I got made fun of because everybody in Yonkers, it's right above the Bronx. Everybody's a Yankee fan. And I was like bullied bullied into being a Yankee fan. And then I just had like that. It just, it just stuck. No other New York teams, right? It was just like Yankees, like stuck in baseball. Yeah. Yankees, Dolphins, Celtics. Celtics, yeah, yeah. Like the New York Boston thing, people were just confused about. They're like, oh, Yankee fan? Nice. Knicks are going to have a good year too. I'm like, no, no, I'm a Celtics fan. (laughs) Like or like the other way around, like oh Celtics, Pats are having a good year. Like no, 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 I'm a Dolphins fan. Wait, what? I appreciate like, the commitment to the accent as well. Yeah, that was that was that was good work there. Um, trying so, to provide something, you know. So um, so obviously this weekend was was not 
so great for the Gators. Um, but you know what is great? This transition to a, an ad read. And once again, seamless work by professional podcasters. Um, so, so, uh, obviously it's earlier tonight, um, college football playoff rankings were released, uh, after the Michigan state basketball loss, which was fun. Um, so, so the biggest news of this from, from our podcast perspective, and you can, you can sort of give your take on this, uh, to the extent that you care, um, which you might not, this might be a, a, a solely an upper Midwest bullshit thing, but, um, so Michigan, uh, so, so the top five, top seven, rather, um, is Georgia, uh, which is terrifying. And we'll talk about Georgia in a second, but they're terrifying. Um, two is, is um, wait, who's two? Bama. Bama. Two Bama. Three is Oregon. Four is Ohio State, which makes sense because Oregon beat Ohio State. And even though Oregon lost to a really, really trash team on the road, they still get credit for beating a team behind them. That's fine. Five is Cincinnati. Six is Michigan. Seven is Michigan State. Okay, so I need to rant for a second. The fact you, didn't get, you didn't even get to the funniest one yet. What's the funny? Oh, that Oklahoma still ate. Yeah, who's the undefeated, <laughs> the undefeated probable champion of the Big Twelve who can't even crack the top eight? Like, I I love that the like that aspect of it is like I love that the sometimes like the the college football playoff committee will be sassy, and like that's just like them saying to the Big Twelve like no, not this year, we're not doing it. Well, yeah, because it's not getting, like we don't have to deal with you guys in two years. You're going to be the SEC West. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, uh, I want to let you rant, but like, we got to figure this out. Like, we can't have teams going undefeated. <laughs> are they not? Are, if they go undefeated and win their the the Big Twelve, are they not going to make the playoff? Yeah, counterpoint. It's hilarious that Oklahoma might win 13 games and not get to play for a playoff spot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is hilarious, but it's like systematically, I'm like. What do we do? Like, I don't know. I just don't understand how that exists. I mean, I would, I would counter with that's a pretty big injustice. How you doing, University of Cincinnati Bearcats? <laughs> Same, totally agree. And like, are we just going to have a system that nobody outside of these five leagues can ever four. get in? Four leagues, yeah, can ever get in to It's true. Can ever get in? Really? Yeah. Go it's really, it's really three because it's it's it the is. Big Ten, Big Ten SEC, and whichever. At alternating years between uh, ACC and Pac-12, depending on whether Clemson is good or Oregon is good. Well, last seven years just been Clemson, right? I mean, like, right. like yeah. And before that, it was Oregon for a year. Oregon, yeah, yeah and it's fine. Um, so yeah, no, no, the whole thing is ridiculous, and it's and it's completely completely arbitrary. In but it's 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 sort of arbitrary in ways that I find endearing because college football has always been like right like like there's never been a part of college football history in which it was like oh this makes sense this is a normal way for a sport to function like when we were growing up like and and we're old enough to say this like when we were growing up it was like who's the national championship oh yeah florida Florida, (laughs) Florida gators and michigan football co-champs yeah or it was like multiple years of co-champs i was like all right nice sure cool whatever like penn state went undefeated are they the national champions no why? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Auburn football, like 04, 05, something yep. like that. With Ronnie Brown, like. Yep, Cadillac Williams, Ronnie 14 Brown. 14 and 0. Like, 14, 14 and 0. 0. 14 SEC 0. champs. SEC champs. Bowl, I think Sugar Bowl or something like that. Yep. Like, 
and nope. nope. All right, cool. Uh, or that year that like USC, everybody was like, USC is the best team in the country by far. Are they going to play for the national championship? No, no, they are not. And so like the fact that like we've just expanded oh. this to 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 a fourteen playoff in which occasionally Condoleezza Rice gets to determine who the best team in the country is is like, all right, cool. Fine. Again, no, counterpoint, still funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like I <laughs> like we need somebody that appears impartial. Oh, <laughs> Condoleezza Rice. Uh, like that's 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 the thing about this. So it's like, yeah, like from it from an actual I care about this as a fan perspective, I don't care. Because it doesn't matter. If Michigan State wins out, they go to the playoff. I promise. It's fine. Um, if Michigan wins out and Michigan State doesn't, they'll go to the playoff. Good for them. Fine. Whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters here is the like is like the the process part, which I find so fun. Because it's like this is a very austere, serious, uh, we we care deeply about the outcome of this. Well, do you care deeply about the outcome of this and are going to allow somebody outside of the cartel in? No. No, we are not. Well, what if US UCF goes undefeated a year after going 11 and one and beating uh, Georgia in a New York six uh, bowl game? Are you going to let them in? No, no, we are not. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then, and then when UCF claims a national championship, they go, no, that is not a real national championship. It's like, come on, this isn't real. None of there this is real. Parade. There was a parade. I saw it. It counts. There was a, there was a parade. There was a parade. Uh, it was in, wait, where is UCF? Orlando or Tampa? I think it's Orlando. Eh, I mean, it could have been a parade at Disney. We just need to go all in on, you know, this this kind of break off, right? That's, they've been hinting this for the, my, one of my best buddies calls, uh, you know, Washington State football. So he's kind of on the inside of the, the whole world out there. And Wait, well, these, hold like, on. Excuse me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have been in of the Washington State football program? We are 45 minutes into this podcast, and you have not mentioned that we have an in at Washington State of all places. Yeah, so oh, yeah. we got Mike Leach. We've got to be a way to get back to him, because I have a lot of questions for Mike Leach. <laughs> Number two, the whole Rolovich Come thing. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. we got some inside information there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please. Please. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, go Cougs, um, <laughs> on, on the Palouse, that's what they call it. Brian <laughs> um, Floyd. Yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing too juicy, but, um, you know, he did, he did a coaches show with them every week, and, uh, yeah, said, did he okay. wear a mask? <laughs> he, 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 yes, <laughs> wore a mask. Um, Excellent. no, but, hey, go, going back to my point, so, I, I think this is a legit one, like, you're you have this like world there's two different worlds it's almost like i coached d3 basketball for a long long time it's just a different world than d2 and d1 right yeah and i think within d1 basketball definitely there are two worlds it is not nearly as um as polarized as d1 football is right i mean there are just haves and like have nots and it's to the point that if one of the have nots has a 13 or no season like cincinnati's about to it's just set up for them to not have any shot in like college basketball. At least if you, if you're, you know, a mid major and you go undefeated, cool. Come on into the dance, right? Come on into the dance and try and win. And that's really cool. So we got to figure this thing out. Like, are we going to just actually not create a system that allows a mid major football team to have a shot? Cause it just, it becomes, it becomes a, I know it just becomes a farce. It's just a farce to me. It's like, 
you're joking. We're all joking about it. It's like, oh, Cincinnati football, UCF, here they are again. <laughs> like, we got to figure it out. Like, why not? I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about this at some point. Why not just have eight teams? Like, stop no, saying – Stop saying 16 games hurts our football. That's just not true. Shut up. Like you don't believe that, right? Like, uh, like the actual, the actual reason for this is, is negotiation leverage with ESPN. Yeah. That's yeah, like, that's, it's all, it's all money. It's the same reason a, a football playoff didn't happen for so long when it should have, right? Like everybody was saying there should be a 14 football playoff for a decade before it happened. Yeah. I think we're moving closer to there being no mid-major football programs before we're going to see like a, expanded playoff i think we're just gonna get to the point where everybody has to join one of four conferences pro rel just do do promotion relegation in college football we we are not the first people to mention this i love it it's the best idea are we tiering uh conferences because that would be really funny yeah obviously the mac would be the 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 second level of the big (laughs) ten um like obviously like that they're they're, up with acc who Kusa and ACC, Sunbelts and the SEC. Yep. This. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, Back in the Pac-12. Man, I'm already halfway there. <laughs> um, I, I, I want you guys to know that on the, uh, the college football playoff committee, I looked it up this year, um, two notable names. One that you'll know and one that you won't, I assume. No, Tyrone Willingham. Uh, who Makes is the old Notre Dame coach? The very same. The one who is responsible for the Crapple Cup Washington team that did yep. not win a game. Yep. Uh, he's on the board, as well as a man named Rod West. Rod West is the CEO of the Entergy Corporation. What, is the, what is the Entergy Corporation? It is an oil and gas corporation based in New Orleans. What does this man know about college football? It's unclear. I think he's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> this person gets to determine whether or not Cincinnati gets a place in the college football playoff. If you want to say that this is not a farce, explain that sentence. Honestly, I think that he's probably more likely to vote in Cincinnati than somebody like Tyrone Willingham. We should have an entire uh, board, whatever you call it, committee of just fans because there's going to be some asshole like it's- me who's just like, Coastal Carolina, this is hilarious. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. It'll be fun. Oh, Alabama, eat shit, you're 12th. <laughs> um, so, so going into this weekend, uh, who does, Adam, do you, do you know who, who Florida has? Uh, no. I, don't I, suppose we, I suppose we can find this out. But so this weekend we have um, the, probably like the, the, the trap game, if you can call it that, uh, that for the rest of the way for Michigan, because they have a noon game at Happy Valley. Yeah, we, um, Florida, had, Florida plays an out of league game this, this week. I forget who. I think they play somebody terrible, a bye game. Oh, Stanford. Stanford, yeah, Stanford, that's it. Stam, Stamford. Stam, Stamford. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Samford. Samford. Wait, did yes. Samford beat someone recently? Oh. Did you were you just like not listening to us, or did you no. actually hear saying Stanford? No, no, I, I zoned out for a second. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they had a big win versus the Citadel last week. I don't know if that's what you're talking about or not. I, I yeah, no, they haven't played anybody you know. Hold on, uh, I want you guys to vamp on the Michigan and Michigan State games for a second, or the Florida game, or not the Florida game. So vamp on uh, on the games as you like. Actually, you know what? Thursday night. So when this gets released, 
Um, we have the game of the week, which is North Carolina and uh, Pitt. Pitt might win the ACC in the year of Tim Tebow's Lord 2021. Guys, it, it's, it's going to happen. Wake Forest is going to lose to Pitt, and we are going to get Pitt, Pitt uh, shouts for, for the playoff. It's all I want. Yeah, uh, chaos, the ACC's chaos team. That's what we should do. The playoffs should just be everybody's most chaotic team. Congratulations, Purdue. You just made the college football playoff. <laughs> Every single Indiana fan, all like 17 of them, got so angry at that sentence. Yeah, well, Purdue's on a roll this year. Uh, and then we have – so we have Purdue, we have Pitt, we've got uh, Ole Miss, and then – shit, I think like Oregon State has a has a shot at it this year. It's actually Washington State. As much as we've clowned them, they actually are like controlled their own destiny in the Pac-12 North. Yeah, well, so does Minnesota, and we don't respect them either. We sure don't because they lost to Illinois. <laughs> Row that boat, PJ. That oh, did you guys see that from that punter? Yes, Illinois' punter uh, taunted the sidelines. He boomed like a. It wasn't even like a good one. It was like a fifty-yarder. It was a uh, good punt. It was fine. It was no San Diego State punt god, but he 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 mind rowing a boat and then snapped the oar over his knee and pointed at Minnesota's sideline. It was phenomenal work. Um, <laughs> PJ got bossed by a fucking punter. I mean, given it's punter in the Big Ten, so at least it's like, you know, a high caliber punter, but still. Yeah. I mean, big. Um, big wait, speaking of punting, did you guys see what uh, Hawaii did to at San Diego State in order to like, so, and do you know about San Diego State's yeah. punt guy? Oh, yeah. What was he, like 55 yard average or something like that? Something I, think I think he's like pushing 60 at this point. But it's, they, it's, uh, they had him, so he punted, I think, from his own, I want to say like his own 12. Hawaii had a returner at their 30, and then their like seven. They layered, they layered the returners, and he cleared the guy on the seven. He, he hit it into the end zone on the fly. So he punted from his own 20, because it, it was like an 82-yard or something like that. So what, what is this guy worth, like, in the NFL? Second you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. What is, what is that worth in field position? Like, is somebody taking him? And yeah. like Bill Belichick is already trading picks to take him in the second round. Hundred percent. Like, it really. Uh, like, I mean, it's worth a lot. I mean, it has to be. Like, yeah. He's talking about twenty, you know, fifteen more yards than a normal punt. It's insane. And I think they said something like he's gotten like twenty plus punts of over sixty yards, and that was only the third touchback he's had on it. Like this kid can just cough and corner the hell out of you. Like. We joke a lot that as Midwest, you know, Big Ten football fans, like, punting is sacred to us. But, like, I actually enjoy watching this kid just punt. He's, uh, he's so He is so far above pretty much anybody else we've seen, like, besides, like, Brian Anger. Uh, I do want to point out that he is coached by uh, Michigan man Brady Hoke. Uh, the answer to Samford, why I thought that they beat somebody, was in, in uh, 2018 – they took Florida State down to the wire. Um, right. So three seasons ago, yep. I mean, State, wasn't that the year that Florida State, uh, that was the one Willie Taggart year? Correct. Yeah, cool. Good job. Way to, way to really pick up a uh, upset there. Yeah, uh, it's important. Um, so uh, Michigan State plays Maryland. Maryland's going to throw a lot. It's going to be frustrating. Michigan State might win or might not. doesn't really matter because um, if they win, then great. If not, great, because the game after that is Ohio State, and that ain't going to go 
that ain't going to go well. Speaking of which, guess who Ohio State has to play this week? Purdue. It's Purdue. (laughs) Imagine the psyche of number number four, Ohio State. You're like, okay, Purdue, they're not very good. They're like five, six, and three. That's normal. Who are their wins? Number two, Iowa. Hmm. Number three, Michigan State. Hmm. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm, I'm noticing a trend here, too. They're trying to collect it in numerical order. Which one's next? Number four. Unfortunately, you have to explain to half of Ohio State's football team that four comes after three. And I, I appreciate that Purdue... <laughs> I appreciate that Sorry, Purdue didn't attempt to start with one because um wouldn't have happened. Yeah, no, that would, well, I mean, that would have been cliche. You have to start somewhere else. Yeah, I appreciate starting it too. It's it's the hipster way of going about it. Um, so so uh, also notable this this weekend. There there are some we're we're running up against it, but um, Thursday night game is in fact your Miami Dolphins, um, and they get uh, a, a a home game against the Baltimore Ravens minus seven and a half. Ravens are favored by seven and a half. I don't know if you're a gambler. I, I bet, bet the Ravens. <laughs> is Tua supposed to be back for this? Does it matter? Yeah, I, I might consider taking the Dolphins if Tua's back. I, I was told by somebody in the know when we drafted Tua that I really trust. Hey, listen, I've got a friend who's you know an NFL scout. And he said Tua is the can't-miss lock quarterback of his lifetime. <laughs> and I said – and I liked Tua, right? I think a lot of people like that pick. I was like, oh, could be good. When I heard that, though, my hopes went from, like, really high to, like, through the roof high. And then I watched him play his first game, right? I think it was a couple games in because we had fits that year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, I, like, I've seen a lot of guys. And, I, like, it, it wasn't even, like, that he had a bad game. He wasn't, like, trying stuff, right? Like, I watched Peyton Manning his rookie year. He's like at least trying stuff. You're gonna throw picks, but like he's like you know dink and dunk check down central dude never throws the ball downfield. Like, and I don't get it. That's not the guy he was at Bama at all. I'm very confused by Tua. It's been a really really frustrating. At Bama, he's throwing to guys that are open by five yards because they're yeah. faster than everybody else in the field. Like, I, I think Tua is still uh, you know talented. I think that part of it might be that the perfectionism between his dad, his high school, which was shadowed by his dad, his college experience, which was shadowed by his dad and Nick Saban. (laughs) Like, I think there's a lot of it there where it's like, he's not used to failing. So he's not used, like when he takes a shot at Alabama, he's, he's probably thrown a double coverage three times total at Alabama. And he has to do that three times a drive in Miami. And even, and even when he's throwing into double coverage at Bama, if he if he gets picked at Bama, okay, you've got the defense of Bama, and it three and, and it, out. Yeah, it's like three and out, or worst case scenario, you give up seven, but they're not going to give up more than that seven. Um, whereas in Miami, it's like, hey, you 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 could get stopped at the one, and I'm not trusting that defense to stop them from going ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so I I think that that. Uh, that the 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 best picks of the uh, the weekend we, we've got um, Ravens over Miami. Uh, the Steelers line with the Lions is uh, minus nine. Um, ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger is like eighty. Um, but are pick Lions on that? No, no. I that, would Bears just Bears just covered against the Steelers. I'm not. You said the Steelers are favored by nine and a half. Nine even. 
is where it's at right now. Too many points. That's too many points for me. It's actually coming down and open at 10 and a half. So you wait until that gets to, 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 do you think it'll go down to seven and a half? Well, apparently Southeast Michigan bets a 96% clip. So yeah. Uh, The only other notable betting game is of course um, the most important game of the weekend in the NFL. Um, Colts. Colts, Colts are, are minus 10 and a half I'm against sorry. the Jets. Colts, not Colts, Colts. You just admitted to reading show notes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tri- tri- trivia question. How many games have the Steelers won by over seven points this year? Zero. One. Uh, one. It was, by, it was by eight. I, the Lions aren't good, but like that's just a lot of points for me, for the Steelers. Like the Steelers aren't that good in my opinion right now. Like, They're not. They're not. Uh, the Colts are sneaky good, though. I'm. Uh, I mean, I know the Texans beat the Bills, but the Bills are kind of Jekyll and Hyde this year. I might, I might take the Colts on that one. I'll yeah, I, I would take Colts ten and a half over the Jags. I think the Jags are bad. Jags are not good at football this year. That's true. Um, <laughs> you don't know, say this year for yeah. the most part, like. Yeah, at this point, the Jags have just been bad for so long that you have a to have to caveat when they're good. Mark Brunel, <laughs> the Jags are good this year. <laughs> um, I would also, I would, I would be on the fa- the Falcons are getting nine points against the Cowboys. Really, they're getting yeah. nine. That, like the Cowboys looked really bad last week. Like it's hard for me to. I mean, they. Could, I wouldn't obviously. touch that game. I would not touch that game. Do you, know, do you know what the Cowboys are against the spread this year? What? Eight and one. Whoa. They lost. Was last week? Yeah. Wow. Against- <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch. I, I, I don't understand the Cowboys because I, I watch I've watched their games. And outside of Trayvon Diggs being really good at playing defensive back and you know, an offense that seemingly works. Like I don't, they don't look like a good football team to me. Um, even if, if maybe they are. So um, uh, we, we do want to, uh, to, to get to the big question that we were discussing earlier today on Twitter. Um, if you, well, we'll get there. Um, it, it, you have seven on seven flag football. Okay. So you've got one center, a quarterback, a running back, four wide receivers, well, a tight end and three wide receivers. Make that out of the U.S. men's national team. And it's got to be people who have been reasonably in a camp. So, like, you can't be like, well, I see, I was going to use a bad example because Daryl DK um, was supposed to play football but didn't. Um, but, like, you can't be like, well, technically Randy Moss is part of the pool. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> um, so, so among players who have, who have reasonably part of the pool, who are what's, – what's your team? Because I have, I have a sneaky pick. For uh, for my running back, and it's and it's and it makes a lot of sense. So uh, so Adam, we'll we'll, we'll go uh, around. We, we'll we'll go quickly. So you can pick whatever position. Once that position is picked, we'll move on. I got. It. I'm going to go quarterback. Weston McKinney got a little stat in there. He's shown mm-hmm. shown off his arm with his throw-ins. So <laughs> he's got the moxie, you know, like that, not a grit. Yeah, and he's like classic, classic quarterback off the field as well. Like, you know, he's gonna lead he's gonna lead the parties. We need that. Like <laughs> you need that out of your quarterback. You know, I, I I watched, you know, a lot of football shows and movies growing up. So I feel like you if you don't have that, you missed some. So Wes is my QB. Wes Shane Falco McKinney. Yeah. <laughs> Wes Mox. Yeah, Mox is a good one. 
West Mox Kenny. <laughs> oh, that's that's going to be the name of the episode. All right, Stumpy, who who do you who who are you taking for uh, for a position? Am I allowed to take DK? DK at what? Tight end. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so my my answer is at running back. I uh, I want Tanner Tessman, who is actually offered as a Division One football player. Now, pay no attention to the fact that his godfather is Dabo Swinney, and that's why he got an offer. Uh, and Dabo knew that he was going to play soccer. Um, but Tanner Tessman, he's the only one that I can think of who has actual validated football ability, and I'm I'm running the ball with with Tanner Tessman. <laughs> So I think wide receivers now. We gotta we gotta pick our three wide receivers here. Yeah. So this is gonna be the biggest issue because I don't know how many. Like, do we just put out all the goalkeepers because they're the only ones I know how to, who know how to use their hands? I'm gonna go way as one of my wideouts. I think I said that earlier on Twitter today. I just feel good about his speed, his activity. His... Oh yeah, I, I, I like I like way as like a Percy Harvin type. You know, exactly. I, th- I think he's good yeah. on, 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 on jet sweeps. I think he's good on those little pop passes. You probably catch a screen. I feel good about way as, as well. Good in the return game too, right? You throw him yeah. in on the returns. Like, <laughs> feel good about way. <laughs> uh, Stumpy, who's, who's your second receiver? Uh, I'm going to go with a possession guy. I think John Brooks is a decent choice because I think John can go up and punk. Actually, you said we can't say him, but we, I think John Brooks can moss a lot of guys. Yeah, I I don't I don't hate that. I like it. He's good in the air. He's good in the air. You know that he can. He not can gonna outrun anybody, but if you need somebody to get those last eight yards in the red zone, I think you just toss it up to John Brooks and go get it, son. Yeah, I mean John John Brooks is is your is your classic Antoine Bolden. Um, so we so we we've, we've got our our slot receiver. We've got our our possession guy. So we need a burner over the top. We need a guy to to stretch the defense. Um, and I think I think the, the guy to stretch the defense. Um. Is Paul Ariola? That's like um, <laughs> okay. Um, so so hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording and then I'm gonna start recording again. Um, no, I can just I can just cut. I can edit. We have a better editing software. All right. Uh, so outro time. So it's eight eleven. Okay. All right. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you on the internets? Yeah, I'm uh, at StanUSMNT is my, my Twitter handle for soccer and uh, at uh, Coach uh, Adam Turner for uh, my basketball. I got two little deals going on. So, yeah, and, and thank you guys for having me, man. It's been, been a blast. I list, love listening to your guys' stuff. It's such a different feel than a lot of the other pods just in terms of you guys are so conversational. So I love it. I love being a part of the conversation tonight and it's very loose and uh, it's, it's refreshing, you know, like there's a lot of other things that I love that are good, but are very like official. And I just love you guys are, you know, a couple dudes. And sometimes you bring some other dudes to just talk sports, soccer, football. So keep doing what you guys are doing, man. It's awesome. That was a very nice way of saying you guys are unprofessional and a bunch of morons. (laughs) (laughs) So um, if you want to to find us on Twitter, you can find Stumpy at MrMojoRising89. You can find me, uh, Twiggy, and also everybody at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, If you add us, we might respond. Sometimes we don't. But if you do, we usually do. Uh, We are not on Instagram. We're getting, we're going to get that together. We're going to get that up and running shortly. Um, Thank you to our sponsors who you heard from today, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. Um, And please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, give us five stars. Um, 
And thank you to you, the listener. We couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So uh, we really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Go USMNT. Sports Social Podcast Network.